BDSM and non-standard relationships. Star exchange and polyamory. Sacred sexuality and fetishes. As, as well, well as, as simply, simply fun, fun kink. kink. You'll find shows on these topics and more at eroticawakeningpodcast.com. on Erotic Awakening, hot for teacher, and the community is against us. You can now purchase books by Dan and Dawn as well as the Kinkstarter cards online. Head over to eroticawakening.com and click on the link to buy Dan and Dawn. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, Dawn. <laughs> Hi, Dan. How are you this fine morning? I'm okay. A little tired, but okay. Do you remember the time that you had to teach a class when you had laryngitis? Yes, twice. And where we were both super tired from staying up in the dungeon all night the night before? Yes, uh, that's more than twice. Yes. Uh, and that's just part of teaching it is. It is. And we'll talk a little bit more about that shortly as well as the idea of each one teach one. And how is it that I will become a master of using a bullwhip without... Is it just YouTube videos or is it more? <laughs> God, I hope you do more than YouTube videos if you come at me with... What is that? Ten foot of leather? <laughs> I am not a whipper, so I do... I think that's right. Though. I don't make it out of stuff other than leather, of course. Yeah. They do? I've been watching lately the uh, the Watch Mojo where they do the top ten. Uh-huh. And the Harrison Ford scene where he, um, you know, from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Right, right. Where suddenly he's go running and running and running and there's the guy with the big sword. And mm-hmm. Harrison Ford just takes out a gun and shoots him. Right. Do you know why they did that? No. It was supposed to be a big bullwhip versus a sword scene. Uh-huh. But everybody on this cast, apparently Harrison Ford and a couple other people had dysentery. <gasps> so they said, look, can I just take out my gun and shoot him? And they did it, and they kept it, and it became one of the more famous wow. scenes. Wow. So, but that's actually kind of cool, because the whole teaching thing... Yeah. We know who taught Harrison Ford the whole bullwhip thing. We do. So, can't really mention his name, because he got out of the lifestyle, but he is here in Ohio, and, you know, doing very well for himself out of the lifestyle, though. Mm-hmm. I know he had fun in the lifestyle, too, but, yeah, so he got to teach... Harrison Ford. How cool is that? Absolutely. What do you do when you're a master of a bullwhip? You te- you hope that there's more movies with bullwhips in right, it? Right, right. You get kinky. I nice. don't know what else there is for you. <laughs> uh, so this week we're going to go over to some stuff like that. We welcome back our primary sponsor, KJ Keynes, who is, uh, took a little break as they rebuilt their website from mm-hmm. scratch. And they've um, done such. Instead of simply reading their promo today... We are just going to say, hey, look, KJ's Canes is our sponsor. Go check them out. You'll get 10% off if you get use the discount code Dan and Dawn 15 KJCanes.com. Nice. Simple, huh? Can we use ours later? We our have Canes? Whole, yes, we have a whole collection of their Canes We do now. indeed. So maybe we should do that. Do we have C coming up? No, we're on T. Do we have yes. C coming up? We could do Canes <laughs> again. Uh, you realize that, and dear... Um, Erotic Awakening Podcast listeners, our upcoming letter for, as we do, kink A to Z, you know it's after T. You. Yes. <gasps> do, you have, do you have thoughts for you? No, maybe not. I don't either. I hope, <laughs> did something come to mind at all? Actually, it did, what? but that's okay. So, peeing on me. 
urine. I'm going to get someone else to talk about it. So, but what are they going to hear if you pee on me? I suppose that's what they would hear. Um, Depending on what you ate, it could be, ooh, ooh. It's funny that you describe this in such a way that it's beneath you or that's something you don't do. I no, I like it with you. I am <laughs> it's well kind of like that. marking the territory. <laughs> we'll stay with T for today, though. Okay. I don't know what we're doing for you. That may be the way we go. You, uh, you. so there's Octopus, where tentacles. No, what? There's where you? we're asking our uh, <laughs> podcast listeners to write in and help us with the letter U. Now, some people would probably wonder, hey, you guys are doing the letter T. Why aren't you doing tentacles? Right. So why are we not doing tentacles? Probably because we've already done one long time ago. We did the whole breaking down of a scene, a tentacle mm-hmm. scene with, um, oh my God, Naylin. Mm-hmm. So, and, uh, so we figured we'd do something else. I mean, tentacles, I can talk about tentacles all day long. <laughs> You'd not, not hear much from Dan. <laughs> There's not a lot to say about tentacles, actually, Except to me. I for like me, at them. least, anyway. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, fuck the tentacles, because Sasquatch from England sent me the food on boobs. Ooh, nice. Cupcake breast and spinning bags of Cool Ranch Doritos attached to nipples. Oh, is that Two what separate that things. is? So, Doritos attached to nipples? Bags yes. of Doritos attached yes. to nipples. bags, fortunately. I, wow. I don't know. I, I would eat those Doritos. <laughs> as well as cupcakes that are boobs. So, tons of food on boobs from the Sasquatch. I was going through my uh, photo collection the other day, and I found a couple of uh, food on boob pictures of people that, as we've wandered around to different mm-hmm. events, who have actually showed me food on their boobs. Nice, nice. It's uh, always nice to have that literal versus the... You know, I don't know if um, somebody said, so, dig in. Mm. That would be the point. It gets a little awesome Odd, or weird. Awesome <laughs> or weird. <laughs> Yes, it depends what the depends food was. Depends who it is, yes. And who yes, it was, yes, yes. Yes, exactly. So, oh man, now you're bringing back memories. They had a Once Up at Smart, so for uh, Kinko de Mayo. Mm-hmm. They had a girl laid out on the table, and she was covered in food, and I got to lick a strawberry off of a nipple. Mm-hmm. And then met her at PXS a couple of, no, a couple of weeks later, and she was hosting one of her hospitality suites. <laughs> and I didn't realize who I was licking a strawberry <laughs> off of a nipple. So, yay. So she introduced herself, and I'm like, you look familiar. She's like, I should. <laughs> you licked a strawberry off my nipple. You would think that'd be something memorable. It, it was memorable. <laughs> I just didn't remember her face. <laughs> and then did you receive any tentacles this time I around? did. So actually, we received a couple of things. So Cayubi sent me a link again. Um, actually, this was an old post I was just going through and had missed this link. So it's tentacles etched in um, drinking glasses. So oh. actually, I was actually thinking of maybe following that link and buying them for the, the new house. So tentacle glasses. And then he also sent me a link. And of course, I put it somewhere else in the notes because it wasn't tentacles. Where did it go? Oh, 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 oh. So he sent me a link to a picture that he said reminded him of us. So, and it says, the picture is just like of a t-shirt saying, and it says polyamory is wrong. It's either multi-amory or polyphilia, but mixing Greek and Latin roots, wrong. So, and we've seen that that t-shirt quite a bit. So, Mm -hmm. and it's cute. And it's like, I don't know. I kind of like polyamory. And it's actually kind of neat because polyamory, that, that, phrase was that word was coined by um morning glory ravenheart 
who just passed a little bit ago. Mm-hmm. But um, she coined the term, and she's married to Oberon Zell, mm-hmm. Ravenheart. They both are lived, you know, she's passed, but they lived in California and had a triad. And I mean, I've been doing polyamory for like decades. So there's a lot of stuff out there written by Morning Glory Zell. And um, it's just kind of neat because I got to play footsies with Oberon Zell at a pagan clergy gathering of all things so that was kind of neat because he's the proverbial uh he looks like a wizard Mm -hmm. he's got the long beard and the flowing cloaks and you know and he just he plays the part very well so you know all of that stuff it's just stuff yeah but it's it's neat to have those little random encounters that you um can bank and come back to people mention like things like that i believe that was sasquatch from the uk that sent you that pic on my notes but you had it as kubi Oh, did I? On your notes. No, it was Sasquatch. Okay. Um, Sorry. Not a problem. So, Sasquatch from the UK. So, he's sending us a lot of stuff. He's nice. I like I like the pictures. And <laughs> Hi. Welcome to... Um, <laughs> hey, Chip the Tentacle Guy. You haven't sent us shit in a long time. Hey, Chip, where, where, where's the tentacles? So... <laughs> I like the tentacles. You know what? This uh, quilt we need to hang up in our game room. Mm-hmm. So, and it's got, it just reminds me because, you know, Chip's heard us say this before, but his t shirt was uh, that he donated to the quilt was cut up into tentacles. So it's right here. Actually, this tentacle's right here at my crotch. <laughs> just the way it's hanging off the table. So I don't know what Ginger's barking at. Not that, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the other thing we want to mention, we do have a question of the day. Uh, let's do into this question of the day before we get any further along. Okay. Um, as I feel like we're kind of a rambly show today. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. So, but I'm okay with the rambly show. So, question for you. Yes. Am I wrong if I pursue a relationship with someone, if their protector isn't 100% supportive, and even if the community is against it? So let's take that as a uh, two-parter. The first okay. part... So some people on the FetLife have this uh, have men- have noted that someone is a protector. Some people in real life will say, "Yes, so and so is my protector." Mm-hmm. Now you'll have find a variety of people have a variety of opinions about the whole protector philosophy, right? And different reasons. And different reasons. Some better than others. Um, the I think the most common or way it's supposed to be idea for it is that so-and-so is new to the lifestyle. They don't know their way around. When people are new to the lifestyle, um, other people, just because they're new, are attracted to them and they want to jump them uh, as the new person may not be so skillful in how to maneuver around and what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. Someone who's a friend or someone who's knowledgeable or someone who's been around for a while could be deemed their protector. And that allows the new person to go to speak to that person and say, hey, so-and-so just sent me a picture of their dick and says, because I identify as a submissive, I have to suck it. Is that true? Or whatever weirdness. Mm -hmm. Um, Or it can be something a little bit, if you go a little further old school, the idea that before the, you know, you you would not meet, you might meet somebody in a hotel, you might meet somebody at uh, their place Mm -hmm. and want to do a safe call. Or have somebody that's aware of what's going on. And I believe for myself, that's maybe where the protector thing came from. It could be. Is the idea of, you know, having somebody who's going to watch your back. Mm-hmm. Really, in general, that's what it means. Somebody who's got a little experience who's going to watch your back. Right. Now, some people have said the whole idea of having a protector is dumb because human beings aren't idiots. 
you know, you don't need, if you join FetLife and somebody says, oh, I see you're a submissive, so you have to suck my cock, you should be smart enough to say, hey, that sounds like bullshit. I'm not jumping on that train. Yeah. I don't know that I agree with that. Some of us get into slave crave, or there's another word for it, too. And sub-frenzy. Sub-frenzy, slave crave, and we really don't know what the rules are, or we want there to be a protocol, and we don't know what the protocol is, yes. you know, something like that. So we want there to be a should and a should not. And the culture is a little different in the kink world. So you may have questions or, mm-hmm. you know, need a protector. If I didn't have you I, and I was new, I'd probably want a protector. But I'd want it of someone that I trusted. But that was just so that I wouldn't step on landmines or get into the sub, you know, the sub frenzy and... Just because someone speaks up and says they're a nice person and they'll teach me the ways, right? Mm-hmm. Part of me would want to jump into that thinking, oh, this person is so-and-so. I can trust them. Right. Instead of asking around first, you know. So a protector, if, if it's a good protector that knows the community, it can be a good thing. Yeah. I think one of the benefits, and this isn't actually addressing the question at all no, yet, but yet. one of the benefits <laughs> of having a protector, mm-hmm. in my mind, is if I am a... Um, Submissive identifying person, and I've got a protector, and I said, hey, before you, you know, um, just the fact that you've got a protector identified mm-hmm. will chop out some of the more slimy people. Right. It's kind of a litmus test for how um, unscrupulous a character might be. Mm-hmm. If you have a protector and the person contacts you and you say, well, if you don't mind, contact my protector. Right. And they jump ship right then. Or they say, oh, I don't do that. I'm too domly to contact mm-hmm. anyone. Uh, That's kind of a litmus test that that might be a person I'd want to avoid. I totally agree with that. And, you know, especially during our um, slut years, when you would have me go out and find people, Mm -hmm. and I would tell them, I would, would, but I would tell them they would have to meet you first. You know, you were my dominant, you were my master, you were my protector. And, yeah, if they couldn't go that route, and, you know, they'd have their own reasons. doesn't mean they're slimy. It just means, oh, maybe that's a little too much work than what I want to put into into it. But if they weren't willing to to go the route of talking to you, then it wasn't going to happen. So you're right, very much a litmus test. Yep. A little bit of a buffer between mm -hmm. activity as well. As you mentioned, the whole slave slave crave and uh, all that kind of stuff, and you've been in the lifestyle for nine months but haven't been able to play with anybody yet, and somebody finally contacts you. Right. Having that uh, protector might be that person that says, all right, well, let's take a, take a look at this and person a little bit. And give you a sanity check. Let's a look. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, and we've done that. We've done protecting of other people before. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Now, the uh, other aspect of that that's got nothing to do with protecting or the mm-hmm. question is the idea of the peer mentor, which could also... Uh, Fulfill that same role. Right, the peer mentor, yeah. Now, to this question then, so here's what happens, right? If I was to reach out to, let's say I was interested in Susie Q, uh, which, which we haven't heard from Susie Q in a while, from, <laughs> um, and her protector is Master So-and-so. Right. And I go to Master So-and-so, I say, hey, Susie Q, you're pretty hot, I'm really interested in you, and Susie Q says, well, uh, actually... I have a, an arrangement with this person who's identified as my protector. Would you mind mm-hmm. reaching out to them? So I reach out to Master So-and-so, the protector in this case. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, I guess it's cool. I don't know. I mean, whatever. Yeah, sure. Go for it. Right. right? And gives you that kind of a, kind of a, the words, if you've had them written out, uh-huh. sound like, yes, you should, I have no problem with this. Whatever right. you feel like doing, go for it. Right. But the, because it wasn't words written out, the tone 
clearly implies some passive-aggressive sort of, they're not really digging it. Mm -hmm. They don't think it's a good idea. Right? Right. Okay, so there's your scenario. Okay. Do you still pursue Master Suicide? Or, uh, sorry, Susie Q? Actually, yes, I would, because I go by people's words, not their passive-aggressive behaviors. But, okay, and I get that, and that is right action in our viewpoint of the Mm -hmm. world. That's the way we do things. I get that. I agree. But you're also saying... I accept this level of drama. Oh, that is true. That, well, it depends how hot the person was or how much they made me tingle <laughs> to see if it was worth okay. the drama. <laughs> so, I don't know. Is that, I, I guess legit, it could get, it's legit. It could get challenging, you know? It could get challenging as to whether or not to do that. I mean, God, I would hope my, the person I picked as my protector would be a little more concise than being passive-aggressive about it. But, you know, if I... If the protector said something like that, more than likely I would go to the person, and uh, this is just me, and I don't know that everybody else handles it this way, but I would probably go to the person and say, you know, well, your protector said yes, so didn't seem too keen on the idea, but said yes, so do you want to move forward Mm -hmm. sort of thing. So I would hope I could be that honest. It depends how hot they were <laughs> you know I think, that's, I think your entire answer is completely legit i like the last part mm-hmm. and i like the first part is too and part of it unfortunately is i'm gonna look at maybe it's not unfortunate mm-hmm. i'm gonna say oh i do not think that by default just because someone has identified a protector includes drama right if somebody's got a passive aggressive poor protector it can include drama especially in this scenario mm-hmm. so i would i agree with you does the, is the, how hot is this person how hot and it doesn't mean how pretty they are it doesn't mean no, how no 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 it's that tingle in the is, belly it is has exactly nothing right. to doesn't do make with, you hard or right. weak does it or <coughs> you know is this somebody who just wants to be have, do some a, a single wax placing yeah then it might not be worth it in which it. case i might say yeah you know what it's not it's I don't, you know, I, then I want to picture that, what that looks like, right? Mm-hmm. I'm doing a wax scene with this person. Maybe it's at a public event, and the protector's kind of sitting there with a sneer on their face. Right. Even though they said, okay, I'm like, ah, that doesn't sound like fun. No. Um, but if it's somebody, if it's more of a relationship thing, if it's mm-hmm. somebody who, maybe it's somebody who's going to top me, and I've been trying to find somebody who can do this particular skill for a long time. Right. I might say, hmm, go ahead. This might be worth the, the effort, the energy, right. the hassle. Right, so here's where the protector. I think you know if we go into an area of fault, mm-hmm. which I'm not quite the way I want to go with this, but I agree the protector in this case is is not doing their job properly. Right, right. you're right. They have to be do your fucking job. You're not a girlfriend or boyfriend. Right. You're a gatekeeper. Right. So be the, the person is, I asked you to be a gatekeeper. So be the gatekeeper. It's yes or no. Mm-hmm. There's no attitude. Or it's like you're allowed to tell the person who identified you as protector, no comment. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And that's legit as well. Yep. To me, the idea of protector is that one layer, but just to give information. You're not, well... Everybody's allowed to make their... See, here's the fun of FetLife and the world. <laughs> right. What protector means to you and me doesn't mean to other people, right? It could be more of a... They're kind of my daddy, mm-hmm. right? They're just keeping me safe. They're, we're not in a relationship. Well, we are in a relationship. Right. Right? Am I... So we look at that. Am I Bat's protector? Somewhat. Somewhat. Yeah, yeah. But not... I don't identify that way. Right. Because I don't want... I need her... 
to develop the skill at hooking up. Right. Right. So the the being cautious of the person who we identified as kind of a not the current girlfriend or the previous girlfriend. Somebody in the past. Somebody in the past. Past past. Right? Yes. Right. But not that far past. Okay. Bat might be bad. Will call me later and say, "Who the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> I don't know if this person listens to the podcast. I don't want to out anybody, right? Right. The the point is though. She started this relationship. She kept me informed. Right. She asked my opinion. She asked some maneuvering stuff. Right. She said I would not do this, mm-hmm. but I might do this. Mm-hmm. My role there is just to say, okay, got it, understood. I'm aware. Think right. about this. But. On somebody that she showed no interest in, mm-hmm. I recently wrote to you and her and spoke up and said, by the way, you guys are banned from playing with so-and-so person. Mm-hmm. Not so-and-so. Sorry, Mr. So-and-so from Chicago, <laughs> who we're using liberally in this podcast. Um, that is the role, my role as protector slash master. Right. So where did we get down this rabbit hole? I don't know. We did, went deep down the rabbit hole. So, so, but just the jobs of protectors. So. so, there's your thought if your protector is mimbly mimbly right. about your, your response. You know what? And I tell you what, oh, protector, you're kind of a dick at this point because mm-hmm. if. I'm screwed either way. Yeah. If I. If, I if you're Susie Q? If, or if you're I the, the am the one that's player. interested. Okay. If I'm the one that's interested. And Susie Q may be too, as the one being protected. But me, the one being interested, it feels like a damned if I do, damned if I don't. If, I, if someone's been, if the protector's being passive aggressive with their answer, I've got a yes, but it's kind of a no. So if I go after Susie Q, they, they'll probably come back and say, well, you could probably tell by my body language, which is what most of us are supposed to, <laughs> according to my psychologist teacher, supposed to be listening to. I don't. I listen to words. Um, you know, according to my body language, you should have known that I really meant no, right? Or, but I said, yes, why didn't you pursue them? You know? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's very much. Anyway. In this case, I would say it depends if they make you, like you said, if they make you tingle enough, that's going to be worth the hassle. Mm-hmm. Now, let's take part two of this whole conversation. Okay. In this case, um, let's say that I have decided to start Dating. I'm trying to think of a good example for our little community here. Um, well, I can think of one, but we can't talk about that one yet. Someone that you sh- the community would be against? Oh, you'd have a partnership against it, not a community. <laughs> <laughs> you mean you and Karen would be against it. That's a different thing. No, no, no. I'm thinking of somebody else. So go ahead. <laughs> Who could you think of? Well, it's challenging, right? I'm, uh, so let's just say... <laughs> you and Barrett start dating and the community's against it. <laughs> what I'm trying to think of is somebody... First off, why would the community be against... I don't know. <laughs> any dating, right? right. Um, the only thing I can think of, why would a community... Because that's the next part of the question, even if the community is against it. Right. Am I wrong to pursue a relationship with someone, part two, even if the community is, is against it? So who would the community be against someone dating? Um, someone that's been deemed dangerous mm-hmm. to the community. Someone that is married and their spouse doesn't know it or is totally against it. Now, let's use that as a monogamous relationship or something. Okay. Let's say, for example, oh, and this is a good, this is the one good example. I'm glad you stumbled upon this. Okay. Let's say that I started to date 
um, Carol. Right? Okay. Just a random name. Right. Do we actually know any Carols in the house? I don't Good. think so right now. Carol is married to Jose. Okay. Jose is the on the council, uh, the city, Columbus City boy. Mm-hmm. Got nothing to do with anything. Right. But Carol and Jose are monogamous and nobody, and Carol hasn't told Jose um, that she's dating outside the marriage, right? Right. So I want to start dating Carol. Mm-hmm. I like Carol. She's a hottie. And I want to take her to events. Mm-hmm. Because that's what I do. I take people to events. Right. Right? AIS, Adventures in Sexuality, one of our sponsors, has a policy mm-hmm. that says if you are cheating on your spouse, you are not allowed to come to our events. Mm-hmm. And, and Barry can correct me if that's not properly worded, but let's say that they do. We'll pretend they do. Okay. I'm pretty sure they do. You and Karen obviously would have this issue, but, mm-hmm. but that's not of the community. No, that's our that's house. That's you, right? Right. But I believe that a significant number of people in the community have a avoidance and uh, aversion right. to cheating. Right. And to, and to people that, that act that, you know, date cheaters and are ethically cheating and are okay with it. Right. And you've thrown the monkey wrench in there. He's on the city council. Mm-hmm. So now you're talking publicity, outing a lot of people. Yeah. You know, the whole thing in that. So, yeah, I could see the community would definitely have an issue. And we could even with drop you bringing that, part that off. kind of drama into the community. Here in the Columbus, Ohio community, right. that whole cheating thing. It's a major, yeah. It's a, and now it doesn't say that, I'm not saying people don't do it, and there's some people that are fine with it. But mm-hmm. the public face of the community and the people that you talk to, especially especially in our poly world. Right. So, yeah, so well, there's take, no reason for cheating, I'm gonna take but it happens. Carol to Polly Columbus. Right. Right? You have people would freak out about that, mm-hmm. which is fine, right? Now, whether I date somebody who's married and cheating, that's my personal ethical right. clobadob. Right. None of your business. Right. But the community would make it their business, and they would take a stance against it. Mm-hmm. So, Dawn. Oh, so now oh, we've got all that in there. Boy, this is a long question of the Come, day. I know. So much now, for back to the question. To the topic. Yeah. Is it worth dating somebody who the community is opposed to? And take away the ethical aspect of it. Right. This is not the question of whether it's ethical to date somebody in this scenario who's cheating. Right. Right. Is it worth dating somebody that the community is going to be opposed to you dating them? Man, I'm going to tell you, it just all depends on the person. So... It all depends on the person, I think. I don't particularly like drama, but I don't want other people to rule my decisions on who maybe I've fallen in love with, Mm -hmm. you know? So not liking drama means I'm going to have to, that is going to have to be one hell of a special person. So, you know, um, hell, me and you, our beginning, dramatic. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. We had a lot of drama with mine in your beginning. So, you know, going from friends to partners to, mm-hmm. you know, with exes involved and stuff like that. We had a lot of drama at the, I'm scanning papers right now full of old <laughs> emails and old journal entries and stuff that reminds me of all the drama of that. And it was worth it. So ah, there's the trick. There's the trick. So I there's mean, the, there's to me becomes the answer to this question. If it's someone that's just going to be a play partner, which I, I, I love, you know, if, if 
I've got a few people in my life that may be getting close to the whole play partner status or, you know, or something like that, you know, love that. But would it be worth the drama if the community was against it? I don't know. Still person by person basis. But what I did with you was definitely worth Mm -hmm. it. And I can think of at least now that we've we've gotten this far, I can think of two scenarios mm-hmm. in our Columbus community. Now we've been long term members of the Columbus community that sixteen years. Yeah, this has happened. Right. Not this particular scenario, but where uh, people have begun relationships that the community initially was repulsed by. Mm-hmm. We'll say repulsed. That's a really harsh word. That's a harsh word. Yeah. Scenario number one: the people left the community. Scenario right. number two. The people built their own fucking community. Right. Right. The challenge is now that the step back from the challenge, one of the things to recognize is that overall, mm-hmm. when we talk about the community, we're talking about maybe 20% of the community cares about things that are beyond right. spank me. Right. <laughs> maybe 20% care about the politics, what we'll call the, we'll call the politics of the community. Right. I think you're right. It comes down to what price am I willing to pay? Mm-hmm. Now, you pay. people think that when you pay a price, it's a bad thing. You pay a price for everything you do, right? right. If I go to work today or don't go to work today, it's a price to pay. It's a mm-hmm. different price. And sometimes price doesn't, is, it doesn't equate a bad thing. In this case, being excommunicated from your community depends how hot Carol is. Depends how you may feel she's your soulmate. Right. She's your one and only. Right. Um, it may well be that you've always wanted to be a trans dresser, trans dresser, trans cross dresser. No, nope, I'm making up a new thing. OK, you're a trans dresser. OK. Um, and Carol is totally 100 percent supportive of mm-hmm. you where you found no one else has. Been. Right. That may well be worth that price. It may be that your dick's hard and you want to fuck her. That may not be worth the price, right? <laughs> right? It really depends on you, right? Are you willing to pay the price? In both scenarios, all of these scenarios, it comes down to, is it worth pursuing a relationship with someone, blah, blah, blah? Yes, it is, if you were willing to pay the price. Mm-hmm. If you're not, but the key becomes, be willing to pay the price and be aware that there's a price. And don't fucking make it about somebody else, right? right? Always look at yourself and say, you know, don't look at the other people and say, well, this is their problem. Because it's not. It's you are the one that has to deal with your shit. Right. So deal with your own shit and let other people deal with their shit. Agreed. Bam. That was a hell of a question of the day. That was a hell of a question of the day. Wow. So there's some that we can answer with yes, no. (laughs) And some we have to to worm through this. Ooh, worm through the spaghetti. So some we have to work through the spaghetti and, you know, get to to what Dan and Dawn believes, you know, which is just our opinion. So we have all of 10 minutes to knock out the rest of this podcast, okay. which actually has a topic somewhere it in does. it. It does. It is. I so do want to mention first that Miss Pirette, it's actually pronounced pirate, pirate. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, she sent over the mistress training tips when a sub has more experience. Now, we had talked about this on the podcast recently, right, right. subs mentoring tops. Mm-hmm. So uh, I will put this link in the show notes. It's over at BDSM Training Academy. It's just a really interesting that as we were talking about subs training tops, uh, this blog post comes up when a sub has more experience. So that'd be fun for people nice. to go read if they're interested nice. in that if they're topic. interested in it. Cool. So, you know, we have two new subscribers to the newsletter and writing that newsletter is getting close to the top of my list. I should have one. I think we have one like once a quarter now. 
So <laughs> we who have, are these new members of this? We have Twisted Sis oh, and from Virginia, Jasmine mm-hmm. from North Carolina. Nice. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If we put out a newsletter, we would mention that the polyamory plain and simple all day intensive is happening on August eighth, nineteen. 19, 2015, <laughs> Columbus, Ohio. You've got like two or three days to register before we do that. If you want polyamory in your life and you want it to actually have a foundation that's going to mm-hmm. keep it going. And learn uh, some tools. And learn some fantastic tools. So, great. That is the place to go. Join Dan and I. So, we've done this on the road before and now we're doing it in our hometown and actually looking forward to it. So, cool. Though we do have two traveling. We've got three traveling things well, coming up. But this is perfect though, right? This is what we're talking about on our topic today. So you and I will be teaching mm-hmm. on thir- on Saturday. We'll be teaching. Well, actually, we're teaching Thursday first. Thursday, we're ahead. heading out to the uh, Northern Ohio Power Exchange. Right. Nope. Where we will be teaching Living MS Your Way, which is a class that we make up on the fly based on the feedback from people. Fantastic right. class. Yeah, I love that class because people can. They can bring their questions and we'll just answer them from our experience. And then on Saturday, you and I will be teaching the Polyamory Plain and Simple all day intensive, which right. we just mentioned. Right. So that's tools, um, learning how to work with introverts and extroverts and relationships and flirting and foundations and yeah, 16 years of experience. Then you and I will be teaching at the Red, Black, and Blue Ball, where mm-hmm. we'll be teaching Living MS Your Way and Slutty Sex for Woo-hoo! Real Relationships. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got MS and Polly and MS and Slutty Sex, and then we have Synergy coming up. In um, Michigan, mm-hmm. um, I didn't write down what classes we've got there, though, so I'm not not sure what we're teaching yet. Hopefully. They've told us. Told, I just don't. Okay, they have told us. Sorry. <laughs> they have told us. I just haven't looked it up. And if you're going to Synergy, uh, Barak and Sheba from the BSing uh, podcast will also be there. Nice. Nice. As well as, I believe, Great Dancer from I the think, uh, Ropecast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can find all those podcasts on the Erotic Awakening Podcast Network.com website, nice. along with all the others. Quick nice. plug. <laughs> and, and, and we blah, 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 all the way out to, I think, our furthest scheduled teaching gig right now is March of 16, where we are teaching South at Plains. the South Plains Leather Fest. Right, right. So I believe that is the furthest one out. So, yay. So now that we've said all that stuff, and mm-hmm. we want to talk about teaching... In five minutes. No. <laughs> where do you want to focus that conversation? Becoming a teacher, the importance of being a teacher, what's it like to be a teacher? Probably, uh, you know, we spend a lot of time teaching. We yes. have full-time jobs, and we still spend, look at all this teaching that we're doing where yes. we don't make money. And neither of us teach for a living. Right, right. So, As a matter of fact, I tried to get a teaching job at where I work and right. did not get that job. Well, that's because you can't list all this experience Absolutely. that you do. That's very true. So, you know. <laughs> so what do you get out of teaching? I mean, why do all this teaching? Sure. Why put all this energy into, like I said, we've got three traveling trips in the next three weeks at the same time that we're buying a house, that we are upgrading the business, so the CIC up to something even bigger. Yep. As we're doing all this other stuff, we could let go of the teaching. It's another hassle, right? We could let go of it and make some more room in our life, but why do we do it? So I think part of it, and I'm not going to deny a slice of it is ego. Mm -hmm. There is a part of the fact that we have been reached out to an event six months away. Right. And they said, hey, how about we fly you down here so you could teach? Mm -hmm. That doesn't feel bad. No, I like it. I think it's important. If that is your primary driver for teaching, that's going to be 
a problem. Yeah. Because first off, those gigs just don't keep happening all the time. And it, it drives, if that's what's driving you, that may not be the most skillful or best scenario for you, in my opinion. Right. One of the reasons I recommend, though, that you become a teacher. Now, and I, I, every single person listening right now, by the way, you have something you can teach. Absolutely. Now, you may not have this, a great level of skill for teaching. Some people are more introverted or extroverted or uh, just don't like standing in front of crowds or don't mm-hmm. have a voice that projects. All this jazz is actually legitimately important. Um, and you and I have studied teaching. We just mm-hmm. don't stand in front of people and blather. We've studied the skill and the art of it. Of teaching and entertainment. Absolutely. Right. But the value, I think, that everybody can get from teaching, and we're very fortunate here in Columbus, Ohio, we have the Monkey Puzzle Club. Mm-hmm. If you're listening to this podcast and you live in Columbus or in Ohio, you can reach out to the Monkey Puzzle Club and say, I want to teach a class, and they say yes, just mm-hmm. like that. Yep. Because they teach something every Wednesday. They need people, 52 a year, right? and they'd be happy to have you teach something. As long as it's something that you're familiar with, that you're mm-hmm. able to teach. The value of teaching is that you must master your own craft, right? It challenges you. Whenever, when you and I very first started teaching on some topics, we got a lot of feedback that says, well, that's not how we do it. Right. Or I think that's wrong. Mm-hmm. Or have you considered this, right? Right. And if you are of a mindset to practice a level of humility... And to recognize that as a teacher, you're also a student. Mm-hmm. That's a great way to master your craft. If somebody says, you know, the way that we do, um, we have this thing about slutty sex. Right. Right. And somebody says, here's what we did. Mm-hmm. And we're like, whoa, that's awesome. Right. We can incorporate that into our stuff and become, not only can, uh, does it impre- enhance our life, but it makes us better teachers. Because mm-hmm. now we get to tell their story as well. So if I'm going to teach flogging, right? I know somebody's going to ask me, why would you use cowhide versus bull right. versus elk? Right. right? Is there any difference? I'm going to say, oh, shit, let me step back before I teach this class and pre- prepare for that question. Mm-hmm. So, but I also agree. I mean, there's going to be people that tell you that your style is different or you should change your style to kind of match theirs. But I also agree with having your own style. You and I have our own style. That is mm-hmm. something that we've crafted, the flow back and forth, the you entertaining with the crowd while I stand in one spot so not everybody gets whiplash. <laughs> you know, that's our own style. Some people say, oh, my God, you can only teach to a class over 40 if you have PowerPoint. Right. We've never used PowerPoint. So, and we don't use handouts. We'll do links to things sometimes. But some of our stuff is so much about stories and experience, it's hard to get it all on paper. So, and if you do handouts, people are reading it during the class instead of listening and right. interacting. So, you know, we have our own style and it doesn't agree with everybody, but makes us happy and people tend to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I like that as well. I like incorporating other things and other people's experiences into our workshops. I like, there's, there's something about sharing and we'll actually joke around with people while we're in front of them and say, because we'll bring up topics, especially in the poly classes and we'll bring up topics and you'll go, Oh really? Or I'll go, Oh really? And it's like, we'll look at the audience and go, yeah, sometimes we do couples therapy in front of you guys. Mm -hmm. So, but they learn from that. So because we're willing to be open and vulnerable, which partly turns me on, 
you know, that, so maybe it's part of my turn on factor too, that, (laughs) you know, wow, maybe see therapy right here on the podcast, (laughs) you know, part of my, what I really find fulfilling is to be able to be vulnerable and to be vulnerable in front of a group of people. That's kind of kick ass. Mm -hmm. So, huh. I have to think about that one. (laughs) I think part of it for you and I is also this poly thing. It's our thing. It's mm-hmm. the Dan and Dawn thing. It's mm-hmm. what we do. Right. Um, and although Karen will join us on occasion, like she'll join us for a little bit during the poly plain and simple. Right. It's kind of a thing. It's kind of like dating for us. It's our date it thing, right? Teaching. Uh, so that's kind of an interesting aspect that may not be true for other people. Well, it's just like with this podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, this is part of our teaching. So oh, and I like how this sets the tone for the day. I actually like doing it first thing in the morning instead of late at night. Both are good, but this sets my tone for the day. You and I have connected. You mm-hmm. and I have had a discussion about something really cool, that, the question of the day that we didn't even know we were going to discuss. Right. And now we've had this nice deep conversation. I'll probably end up emailing you a couple of times mm-hmm. with stuff that's popped in my head. So, so we, if podcast listeners, you're interested, how do I get started? I think that would be a good topic. Mm-hmm. Um, how do I develop my own style? What is my style? What are oh, the basics yeah. for understanding how to be a teacher? Can I be a paid teacher? You and I, side note, are not paid teachers. We're not no. paid to teach. It's, now, it's everywhere and then we get a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. But it's always a gift. It's all, mm-hmm. It always feels like extra. Right. It's not expected. You right. and I don't have, you know, how much do you guys charge? Zero. Uh, now you and I have been around long enough and have enough practice. We've paid our dues is what I want to say. Right. And there comes a point where you stop paying. Now there, at the beginning you pay to teach, Mm -hmm. right? Oh, just let me in the event for free and I'll pay to teach. You know, there've been times we paid for our own plane tickets and whatever. So, um, and that's okay if that's, and a matter of fact, I kind of like that because then as a matter of fact, I will even go as far as to say, I like when we host events, mm-hmm. you know, we say, oh, I'd like to have you teach a class. What, what do you need to get out here and teach? They say, well, I was going to come to your event anyway, and I don't need compensation because I am passionate about what I'm teaching. Mm-hmm. That's what we like out of our teachers, right? So right. you and I do manage to maintain some level of passion about it. So there's teaching for you. Anything else, Dawn? Not that I can think of. Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by the Guilty Pleasure Stage Show and its educational branch, the Monkey Puzzle Club. Join us the third Friday of each month for Fetish Foreplay Friday at Club Princeton in Columbus, Ohio. Classes begin at 8 with party immediately following. You can hire Dan to read your <laughs> audiobook. And you can catch the Guilty Pleasure Stage Show at The Blue Pickle in Columbus, Ohio, the fourth Friday of every month. Though we have two books that we could do audio readings for. That's true. The Monkey Puzzle Club meets every Wednesday at 8 p.m. at the room at the Columbus Insight Center. Follow us on Twitter at MonkeyPuzzleOH. See, I can do voices. <laughs> you can also follow both Guilty Pleasures at the Monkey Puzzle Club on FetLife.com for all announcements and discussions. Bye, Dan. Bye, Dan. <laughs>